welcome back. Season four. Oh, wow. Just this jumping right into it. This is the welcome back. This is the welcome back. So how do you feel about not having a An specific intro? intro? You know, um, I think we'll still have music. I think uh, if you're listening to this, I probably put some effort into making a new intro that has sound bits from last season. Yeah, and I bet has a live by Empire of the Sun back. You know, we're not worried about copyright. We're not worried about copyright. Why not bring it back? What? Yeah. So, uh, you're welcome. You just listened to Alive by Empire of the Sun. <laughs> Don't promise that, because we haven't actually decided whether or not we're going to do that. I currently like the intro music. I do, too. Um, but, you know. But let us know in the poll below. <laughs> what do you think of the intro? New season, new things. Yeah. We, may, we may just go crazy and bring back Empire of the Sun. It was Maybe. classic. Jake, there is a team already that's gone crazy as well. Yeah, and that team would be Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yes, where... not Manchester United saying no to West Ham buying Maguire and McTominay. That's not crazy. It's or, Wolves. <laughs> or Manchester United worshipping the devil. Right, that was a thing today. Yeah. But no, we're talking about the Wolverhampton Wanderers who are now wandering aimlessly through the Premier League without a manager. Losing Lopetegui oh. as the... Uh, in... Did you just come up it with that? It actually might be That's the crazy. title... Of the episode. No way. You, I thought you just came up with that on the spot. <laughs> just we came up and talked it. about it. Um, but yeah, there's been rumors for a couple of weeks now that he's unhappy being there and them not signing players and losing some very important players to the team. And uh, it's just kind of been brewing for a bit. Uh, just like the beer just that like we're drinking. Just like the beer we're drinking, yeah. Um, the home brew. Um, so yeah, not very surprising that it no. eventually came to fruition, and he has left the club. Which is too bad, because I feel like headed into this season, he was kind of like their one bright spark. Like, they kind of started to turn some form under him in the last nine months. Um, But to not back the manager after having some success, after how the club looked when he came in, I think it's kind of difficult to say whether or not they're going to have a successful start to the season. I put... On our like semi outline, like, do they get a new manager bounce? Like, yeah. no, not really. But like, also, like, kinda, like, intrinsically, if they win yeah. that first game against Man United, like, you new manager bounce, would be kind of funny. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Yeah. I, I'm not sure they get a new manager in before that Manchester United fixture um, this weekend because today is Tuesday. Tuesday. And they just parted ways. Yeah. Today. Well, their match is the Monday match though. So okay, so you have time. six days. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if they were banking on him leaving or have any prospects. So they could yeah. be starting from square one looking for a manager right now. Well, if that's the case, if Wolverhampton Wanderers are listening to this, Jake and I, Brent, are both available yeah. uh, next Monday to coach a team. Co-managers. I've played a lot of FIFA career mode in my day. I feel like I could do just as good of a job as any other coach out there. Yeah, FM23, some yeah. Uh, FPL experience. Well, all you have to do is lose the game. Absolutely. I can do that. I can absolutely get Wolves to lose a game, <laughs> and I've done just as well as they're probably going to do anyway. I mean, spoiler alert, but... Uh, for later in the episode. I don't think Wolves have a good season. So oh. it, the expectations, we probably meet those expectations. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, there is not a high bar at this point. So if they're looking for people, I'll do it for free. Oh, I, I don't even need to be paid. I just, could you imagine just the once-in-a-lifetime chance to coach a team in the Premier League for free with no previous coaching experience outside of a U7 team in Anchorage, Alaska about <laughs> eight years ago? I would absolutely jump at the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> what team wouldn't, Jake? But it kind of feels like that's the boat that they're in anyway. Like, yeah. like I know we've got a silly example, but they're kind of in a rut. And that's a tough place to be before the season's even started and not even due to, like, 
oh, we had a bad transfer window. Like, they haven't brought anybody in, but just more like, like, not like, oh, we've lost, like, all of our star players. We had, like, this really promising young player that got sold, and he provided all of our goals and assists last year, and now we don't have a replacement. No, it's like they've just lost some players, haven't signed anybody, lost a manager, and your first game is away against Manchester United in the Premier League, who I think have too lofty of expectations at this point, but still should be much better than you. I mean, that also could be a dream scenario for uh, whatever manager comes in. I guess, like, the interim coach. That could be kind of cool. Yeah, I, th- I think they're definitely going to be in a terrible spot to begin the season. But lucky for them, it is a long, long season. And we've seen teams, Wolves included last season, be in dead last at the halfway point and turn it around thanks to their now-departed coach, departed as in from the club and not from this earth. (laughs) Right. No, I'm glad that you clarified that because I had a moment thinking, what's going on? (laughs) Well, they parted ways because he parted with life and he is dead. Oh, my God, Jake. This is breaking news. Breaking moves. Hot moves. Yeah. Cows. Oh. Did you do that on purpose? I did. Oh. It's a a part of my take thing. Oh. Sorry. I kind of thought you just had a little slip-up, which I'm usually known for those, so I got really excited, but to learn that it was purposeful is um, But yes, I, I think that they are going to be in trouble regardless of what manager they bring in. They lost Ruben Neves and uh, Raul Jimenez, but I think they have... Jimenez? Jimenez. <laughs> is he Portuguese? No, he might as well be. It's Wolves. <laughs> um, but they you know, they have Juan Hee-chan and Mateus Cunha, and Goncalo Jerez, who's Portuguese. You really, are you doing like a Derek that? Ray thing, just trying to pronounce every name correctly? Because I don't Welcome like Welcome back. I'm Derek Ray. <laughs> um, no, I... <laughs> yes, I was, actually. Okay, I kind of thought so. But no, I, I think they have the tools, but they had these same players last season when they were in that rut and they were losing, so I don't see any reason why they should do any better to start this season. And I think... By January, like they were last season, um, they're going to be in last place. Yeah, not to mention they also lose a starting center back in Nathan Collins yeah. uh, to the Bees. So that's also a tough part of the team. Like, you've lost your spine almost between Ruben Neves, Collins, you want to say something. But they brought in Matt Doherty. <laughs> oh, huge. He, now, he is somebody that is going to flip the script. I yeah. remember when he was on Wolves back in like 2018, 2019. Yeah. Game changer. Great player. Had the game winner against Man City? Yeah. I um, bet that doesn't happen again. No. But, I mean, they, the bones are there. If they do decide to play in that uh, back three slash back five system, depending on the new manager, they have Matt Doherty or um, Nelson Semedo that can play right wing back. And then uh, Ape Nori, who had a banger in preseason, if you saw that, it was a volley. I, I didn't. Off of a corner, I think. Oh. Um well, I mean, good for him. I bet, again, I bet he doesn't do that in the Premier League. No, I, I'm sure he doesn't. Yeah. But I'm saying there's no real reason looking at their lineup why they should be so bad. But like I said, they had this lineup last yeah. season and they were so and, bad. And not having a coach doesn't help. <laughs> and not having a coach that coached Spain and Barcelona, right? Yeah. They're, Can I make uh, that up? Is that true? I, I feel like that's true, okay. but I don't know. I don't know enough to say that that's false or correct, but it sounds like... Let me fact check this while you you fact check it while I'll riff. Um, Yeah, I just... I I worry about Wolves. I don't think... I don't think that they were in a great place to start the season even with 
a manager that that had some success and to now have no coach i just don't see how they make it out of a relic like they, they were not initially spoiler alert in my relegation battle preview but yeah. now i feel like they have to be one of the front runners i think 20th and 19th are pretty set in stone between two teams but that last spot could go to multiple teams david moyes is kind of on the hot seat still too and they haven't done a lot to replace Declan Rice at this point, and I realize I'm kind of moving into the next segment already, but um, maybe that's not such a bad thing. But no. either way, it's just, you know, Everton haven't really done a lot. West Ham haven't done a lot. And now Wolves are just thinking, I don't know how – I know they can recover from a bad start to the season, but they don't have the players or the manager. Sure. So it just seems like you have to throw them in that conversation. Yeah, Brent, and I don't I don't think this is a bad segue because um, this intro conversation about Wolves made me think that we, at least not in the outline, uh, didn't include who we thought was going to be uh, sacked first. Sure. Which we talked about last season. The sack race. Um, fact check, it was Real Madrid in Spain. Gotcha. Um, Idiot. I know. God. One of the, one of the big two in Spain. Um, but yeah, so I guess... A name that you just mentioned is the name that I had in mind when thinking about the first manager to be sacked. Uh-huh. And uh, was it you or I who said that he had the most uh, credit to his name? It was, I think it was me last season. David Moyes. Oh, wait, no. I said Brendan Rodgers. And I said David Moyes. You said right. David Moyes. Um, I think it's going to run out. I know they, yeah. they won some silverware at the end of last season. It's got them into the Europa League. They finished 14th. Yeah. They lost... A, a pivotal player in Declan Rice don't really have the attack are pretty uh, lacking depth in the yeah. winger position, especially on the left side. It's really just Ben Rama. Uh, so I think they're going to have a tough season unless they get a couple of new signings over the line, which they, they're definitely trying. I'll, I'll hand it to them. They, they're looking to bring in some, some new blood um, to, you know, get a little bit of, of a revival and have the depth to play in a European competition, which I believe it's their second ever season, mm-hmm. last season being their first maybe. So I, I think they're going to struggle, and I think his credibility is going to run out, and he'll be the first to get the sack. Jake, I, I don't think that's a bad call. Um, I mean, my, my gut feels the same way. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like, if he survived last season, he may survive at least until like halfway of this season, which I know sure. might not be the right way to go. Um, but I don't know. I feel like he's he's earned his his place at this point. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of thought Roy Hodgson might be in a similar boat this season for Palace, especially if they lose. I think Olise is on his way out, possibly. There's, there's rumors of that, and I don't think they've had a particularly strong window to this point. So... I mean, as much as Roy Hodgson came back and performed miracles last year, and it's very possible he might do the same. You know, they've lost Zaha. They might lose Elise. I, maybe Eze, too. Maybe Eze as well. So I have a hard time seeing Roy Hodgson pulling another miracle this season. And because of that, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily think he'll get the sack first. But if they have as tough of a start of a season as it looks like they might, I could see him being out the door pretty quickly. As much as it probably pains Palace fans to hear that because he did a really good job last year. The, the fans like him. The board clearly likes him. They brought him back last year. But I think he's in a really tough position to start the season without having the squad, the production. I mean, I know Chris Richards is there. So, uh, you know, they're going to they're have a stalwart at defense for the next few years. <laughs> yes. But – 
outside of that, I just I don't know that they have the bite to uh, to score enough goals, and I think that could spell doom for Hodgson if if they concede a few goals in a match or or, or two. Yeah, um, honorable mention to Sean Dyche, who sure. might be on the hot seat at Everton because they're really not bringing anyone in. Yeah. And uh, have not looked good the last two seasons, and they've done yeah. literally nothing to try and to improve their team. That's not true. And they brought in Ashley Young, and, <laughs> and they're spending all their money to make the new stadium. Yeah. Um. So I, I just don't see them having a good season, and they're notorious for you know sacking managers yep. pretty early on. So I think he could also be one to watch. Um. <laughs> Brent, is that is that the direction you want to go with signings, or do you want to do you want to go? Sure, first, I, um... I say we can get it on roll because my we we had a little segment down for best signings and worst signings, mm-hmm. just like on you know a little a little point. My worst signing was Ashley Young for Everton <laughs> because I just I don't get the point. He's may play the odd game for them, but he's in his late thirties now, mid to late thirties. He barely played last season. He's not an upgrade on any of their current players. I guess he could be a rotational piece, but Everton don't need more fullbacks. No. They need more help going forward. Yeah. So I just, I don't understand why he's the side. I mean, maybe they want some composure with some title winning experience and some big game experience from him in the dressing room for when times get tough. I don't know. That's the only rationalization that I could make, but that is just a baffling signing to me. I know he had to go somewhere. I just don't get why it was Everton because those wage wage dollars could have gone anywhere else. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean it's kind of typical Everton. You know they're, they're going to take a cheap option, uh, a veteran, um, someone familiar with the Premier League. Um, so I, I can't say I'm surprised, um, but I agree with you. Not a good signing. Probably up there for for worst of the year. Um, I, I'd thrown some names out to you earlier. Um, I think for the price, I think Tenali might be a tough signing. Um, it's not very often you see someone coming from the Serie A, uh, especially a midfield player, and making an instant impact. It, it, Dude, Pogba. <laughs> exactly. It does happen, and I know uh, Jorginho was a, a Napoli player and is Italian and has done well in, in the Premier League, but he didn't like come in and make a huge difference. He didn't really burst onto the scene. Absolutely. And uh, they're going to be asking a lot of Tonali uh, playing you know, twice a week in the Champions League and in the Premier League. So I, I think that might be a, a tough one for them and, and could end up being um, one of the, for value, worst signings. I don't think he's going to be one of the worst players by any means. He's, he's a decent player. But for the price tag, I, I think it could be the, the biggest overbuy. I would say Hoyland for, for United. worst overbuy. Just 75. He, 75 million, and he failed his medical. Well, he's injured. Yeah, they, well, they discovered that he has like some issue in his back that could lead to, lead to stress fractures okay. if he plays more than one game a week, they're basically saying, for the next few months. So as United start their Champions League campaign, Hoyland can't play more than one game a week. I guess to like save him from stress fracturing is bad. Like that's just that's so odd to me that they still went ahead with. I know that they needed somebody up top, but you'd think you could discover that and be like, "Hey, Atalanta, I know that we had this deal, but we discovered this issue. What's up with that? Like, let's take some at least like ten million pounds off this. But seventy-five million for a twenty-year-old 
is outrageous. It's not Holland. <laughs> it's a big yikes. It, yeah. I mean, the pronunciation is kind of close. It's close, but the player is not close whatsoever. So, so yeah. anyway. You don't know that. Needless to say, he's not my best signing, Jake, okay. but who's your best signing? Um, my best signing, and I'm, I'm going to throw, I think, two names out there. Um, I like Nikolaj Jackson. And I'm just saying random yeah. pronunciation. No, I, I did get I, um, I that. You know, that's, yeah. that's the African pronunciation, I believe. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Portuguese, I promise. Oh, okay. um, then should it be Jack Shinch? Jack Shinch. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, and then I like, I like Timber at Arsenal. I, I think pairing him with uh, Saliba is going to be a great partnership. And then you also yeah. have Gabriel there, too, for the depth because they are playing um, in a meaningful European competition this season. So I, I think uh, he'll he'll be a good addition to that Arsenal side, and you know, as, as I hate to say anything good about Arsenal, you know, you know it means a lot that I them saying it. So yeah, I can already see them singing the Kesha song about him to the it's going oh, yeah. down. That's I'm good. I mean, Jimbo. why not? I don't know. You but have I the really, opportunity. <laughs> if any Arsenal fan does hear this, they should take that and run with Absolutely. it. Absolutely, um, Jake. Mine is James Madison. For uh, oh, for the Spurs, for my Tottenham Hotspur, for your Tottenham Hotspur, I think Spurs might have an underwhelming season, sure, and a little bit of rebuild, especially if they lose Kane. But for how long have we been saying Spurs need a creative yeah. midfielder? And Erickson. literally anybody, let alone in Postacoglu's system. Sure, you absolutely have to have a player like that. And Madison, I feel like for the price, is the perfect player to come in and. He doesn't need to have a spotlight on him because he's got bigger stars in front of him. Doesn't have to have a ton of influence every single game. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane, if he stays, guarantees you assists every game. So all that he has to do is like perform decently well. And then on the chance that he has one of those really good games where he gets a goal and an assist or two goals or something, like, then it's just icing on the cake. Absolutely. But they absolutely needed somebody like James Madison. James Madison. Um, Madison. And... Uh, I think they could probably use another depth piece in the same position, like a younger player that does the same that could rotate with him. But I think that is by far the best signing of the window. Wow. I appreciate the praise that you're giving to, to my Spurs. Um, and, and I agree. I think he's a great signing. Um, I'm just worried about the system overall, especially if we lose Kane. Um, sure. Because we'll be playing a lot of attacking football and a lot of counterattacks. So... We're gonna give up a lot of goals. Yeah. If we don't have Kane, that could be exciting. If we don't have Kane, we won't be scoring as many goals. Well, as we that might be a good thing though, because Kane half the time will be back in the center of midfield. So yeah, and <laughs> we're not gonna get into it, but that is definitely a point yeah. that's been made um, about him not fitting the system. But yeah. he's still one of the top three strikers <clears throat> in the world. <clears throat> Regardless, Dan Moving Levy, on. if you hear this, yeah. take the hundred and ten million take the dollar Absolutely. offer. That's oh, unbelievable. So, um, but Brent, let's move on to. I guess we just talked about players, so let's, let's continue to player of the season. Anyone that comes to mind, I mean, we're going to take Holland out of the situation. So I wasn't going to. Like, okay, that's why I didn't, put, I didn't put Golden Boot on there because I feel like it's like not even that's worth dumb. talking about yeah. at that point. And because of that, like, it's going to be Holland again. People are giving him a hard time because he had a stinker in the Carabao Cup. He did last year, too. He turned out just fine. I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, he rarely touched the ball, but, you know. He doesn't need to. He, he just need needs one to. touch, yeah. and he'll probably score, or he'll take it from halfway and run 40 yards sure. and then score. So I just think it's it's kind of not even worth a conversation. The only other person that I'd give a shout for is I think Bruno Fernandez will have a really good year this year with an actual striker finally. 
he created the most chances in the oh, league Martial. last year. Yes. Um, but he got no assists because United had no striker and couldn't finish anything. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if he gets a big assist tally this year. Not like massive, but if he's getting like 12 assists and 10 to 12 to 15 goals, if he can do that again. I mean, I think that's a pretty good shout for player of the season as an attacking midfielder. Yeah, Brent, I don't want to show my cards too much because we're drafting Fantasy Premier League on Thursday. Um, But I think he's my number two overall player in the Premier League, at least points-wise. And it's because of those assists I think he's going to be getting and racking up. And if uh, United are playing free-flowing attacking football and getting in the box, probably a lot of penalties as well. I have to imagine, yeah. Um, I mean, I... I kind of agree with you. Um, I just thought of someone that I meant to say for signing, uh, best signing, and we mentioned it pre-pod, was uh, Musa Diaby at Aston Villa. Um, I think he's going to have a great season. I think that he fits the like kind of exact model of what Villa look for in a creative player, and I think he's going to succeed, especially if uh, Ollie Watkins has a good season. And he does have a template going for him in that at Leverhusen, by or Bailey was playing and Diaby came in and stole a spot and did way better yeah. and now Bailey is at Villa. It's funny and I Diaby I, can I had to do the same. take a second and remember his name because I almost said Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> because no. they fit the same sort of yeah. role. Yeah. Um, but Jake, but, it's it's I like that you say that only because my team to watch this season like must watch is Villa. Is Villa? I think that they are going to be great. I think they signed a lot of players that a lot of the top teams have been tracking like Pau mm-hmm. Torres, like Tielemans. Sure. Like Diaby, like top teams in the Premier League were linked to. They were able to snatch them up, and I think their games are going to be must-watch this season. Yeah, if we're talking about must-watch, I think um, Spurs have to be up there because I th- believe that their average goal per game, like... Sure. Not including, They're going to score like, two like, like including and conceded, two. <laughs> yeah. is going to be like three. Yeah. Um, which is going to be ridiculous. But I think overall, Villa, Brighton, and Newcastle... Three teams not used to being in Europe, having to play in Europe. I think those are teams to watch, not just because I think that they're good and going to be exciting, but also because I want to see how they handle that added you know, pressure of being in a European competition and the stress it uh, puts on the players to play more often and to see if they have the rotation ability. So I take it that means none of those teams are in your top four? They're not, because I think that the added games is going to be tough for them. Um, especially when they're clubs that aren't used to it, like I mentioned. Oh, I agree 100%, especially for Newcastle. They have too many players in their first-time Champions League experience that I think it just the, the stars may be a little too bright in the sense that I think they may still do really well in the Champions League group stages. I sure. think they may even progress out of it, but they just might have too much going on, more than their players are used to, and they don't quite have the squad depth for their play style to really mm-hmm. make a push for top four again, which is why for me, Jake... I've got top four in no particular order as Arsenal, City, United, and Liverpool. I was going to ask you if you had an order, um, but... I can give one. Yeah, what's your best guess? It, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. Okay. Um, I would probably shift Arsenal to four and slide okay. the other two up. Okay. I think that they are going to come down from the high that was 75% of last season. Sure. Um, I think that they can't continue to do it overall. Um, you know, <laughs> I hate to beat a dead horse, and if anyone from PETA is listening, we would never do so. I might. But adding an important European competition, I know they played in the 
was it Europa or Europa Conference? I think they were in Europa. the Europa League last Europa season. Europa League where, um, you know, especially the group stages, they didn't play their, their full strength starting yeah. 11. I, I think adding the Champions League pressure um, is going to get to them. Jesus already hurt again. Yeah. Havertz, not. <laughs> I'm not impressed with Havertz. Yeah. I, I don't think he can fill in for uh, Jesus when he's hurt. And Ketia, good player. And they're getting rid of Balogun. So. They're getting rid of Bal- yeah. Balogun. And Ketia, good player, not a top two uh, in the Premier League. Sure. Not a striker for a top two team. Yeah, no, I get it. So, and, you know, I could go on and on about how I think Martinelli and people are going to fall off. But I think they still qualify for Champions League, which is good for them. Who knows what they can do in a cup competition or Champions League, which is a cup competition technically. But I think the Premier League, they're going to struggle. Um, they're going to lose some away games to teams that they're going to kick themselves over. And I think they dropped the fourth, but I have the same exact personnel yeah. in the top four. For me, it's like Liverpool could finish as high as second and as low as sixth for me because they have no defensive midfielder with Fabinho gone. They have a great system. I really like the new players they brought in for the way that Klopp has changed his 4 3 3, but yeah. I don't. They don't have any central defensive midfielders. Like they could, they could get cut open by any team. We saw that time and time again last season, even with Van Dyke in the team. Um, I think Manchester United could finish as low as like seventh. I I know that people are really high on Manchester United, but I think people are quick to forget that last year was supposed to be a rebuild, and they way overperformed. They still have good players, yeah. but they are still susceptible to the drops that we saw under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And we have no idea what Hoyland will do. Martial doesn't play. They still don't have a striker. You still have a lot of question marks over Jaden Sancho and Anthony. There's still no defensive cover for Casemiro. You still got Maguire and Lindelof as your backup center. Like, I just think there's too many variables for them. Um, and so I think the the only team that could really sneak in if they do a surprise is Chelsea with Poch. If they managed to get things clicking. I think they finished the season really strong as they sure. start like second half of the season. I think they'll be really good. So they can pick up a few odd points extra in the first half of the season. Or if any of the other teams kind of drop off, I think Chelsea could be a shout to finish in like fourth. Brent, I'm going to add some important commentary to this, but before I do that, you mentioned the cover in Casemiro. <laughs> you need a triple XL to cover Casemiro. Nice. Anyways, he's fat. Um, Chelsea, I think big variable. Um, I think Almost as big as what Spurs could be. Casemiro. <laughs> should have thought of it. Uh, yeah, you should have. I think Spurs and Chelsea could be anywhere from 10th to 4th. Sure. Um, and I'm expecting the lower side for both yeah. of them. I think, you know, Poch is a good manager, but so many new faces. It's just going to yeah, be... It's a lot of things. We, to... we saw it at the end of last season. It's a lot to manage. And... Um, I think they'll finish like sixth or seventh. Yeah, I'm Jake. I, I tend to agree with you, but in almost the more interesting news, the three teams going down. Yeah. Jake, who do you have? Because like I said, I said at the start, I think two are locked in. I missed that, but I I agree that there should be two, and I think there's like five that that could could really yeah. be in that conversation. Which, to be fair, we had. Uh, at least I had Nottingham Forest going down, and we both had Bournemouth yeah. at the bottom of our uh, Premier League list last season, mm-hmm. and they survived. So what do we know? Um, Literally nothing. I'm gonna throw like out some. I'm, I'm, <laughs> nice. I'm gonna throw out some names, Brent. Wolves, Nottingham Forest again, Everton again, L- Luton Ta- again, Luton Town. Yep. And uh, Sheffield. Yeah. 
So the the three, I guess, no, Burnley, Burnley's fine. I'm going to give a shout for Crystal Palace as well. Crystal Palace, yeah. So I think And Fulham. Especially if they lose Mitrovic. They've got nothing going forward if they lose Mitrovic. They're losing they Williams. Yeah. Dude, they have Carlos Vinicius. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're, you know, Tim Ream's getting another year older. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to, but they're also missing Jao Polina at the start of the season because he's injured. Oh, I didn't know that he yeah. was injured. That's a bummer. He's oh, out yeah, for like he two got months. hurt in the summer series. Yeah. So it's like they, they also could find themselves in poor form. Jake, just to get it out, my clear-cut bottom two are Sheffield and Luton. I don't think they stay up. I think they're going to be the Sheffield lost their best player. Yes. Luton had no Premier League level players, in my opinion. Correct. <laughs> they're, they are a team that will make it if they work hard. Yeah. Which can happen, but I just, I'm not sure if it, um, it kind of gets to our pre-pod discussion of where I was saying, like, I don't get why they signed to Heath Chong when it's a team that's playing a 3-5-2 and teams that tend to have success that try to stay up are very big and physical and play a lot of long ball and are defensively sound. Yeah. Heath Chong is not that. So... I don't know. I think Luton and Sheffield are pretty guaranteed to go down. My my last team, I think it's finally Everton's time. I They have been flirting with it for too long. They haven't signed anybody. Dominic Calvert-Lewin can't stay healthy. Nope. I don't see how in the world they stay up unless they randomly splash some cash in the next few weeks or in January, which won't happen because they're putting all their money, as you point, put, pointed out, into building their stadium, which was just a dumb thing to do anyway. So I think I think it's Everton's time. Yeah. Um... My brother, who's an Everton fan, made a prediction that they weren't going to sign anyone all summer and then panic and sign to random people that won't be good. At the they end, did get Dan Juma. At the, at the, that's so funny. Yeah. That is so... Why would you... I, I, like, after he turned them down at the last second to I go to Spurs. I can't believe that wasn't back. a yeah. burned bridge. Uh, I, yeah. Um, they have the backup striker from Sporting. Yes. Um, and behind Marcus Edwards. It's the only reason why I know that. Yeah. But Didn't Damari Gray leave too? Damari Gray is on the way out. Yeah. So so they they're not just like not losing people and not adding people. They're losing people they that are Connor, good players. They lost Connor Cody, who, yeah. who before uh, Sean Dyche came in was a staple to that back yeah. four. Um. So yeah, I think it might just be their time. Brent, before we end the pod, I'm gonna bring up a new topic. Oh my god. And we've never. This is not a thing, and we've never Shut talked up. about it. <laughs> Who's going to finish 10-11? We, we talk about top four. We talk oh, about relegation. <laughs> you didn't say your relegation, unless you agree it's Everton. Oh, I agree. I, okay. I, I think – actually, mine is uh, – it's going to be Wolves, Luton, Wolves. and Everton. I think, okay. I think Sheffield have a, a, enough of a season to get 17. Jake, I think too many – anyway, back to your point. Too many variables can happen. Like, it's impossible I to know. guess who's going to finish 10th and 11th, but – I'll just throw out Burnley in 11th and Brentford in 10th. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to go. Whew, I'm going to go West Ham 11. Okay. And. Uh, Doesn't sound like David Moyes on the hot seat. I mean, that's after they fire him. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm going to also go Brentford at 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to, you know. Jake, who's going to finish 13th? <laughs> well, there's a. Yeah. There's a, I think. A, a saying or any in a podcast a podcast about it and it's the other 14 um is it our podcast no which deals with the non-top six anyways um and i feel like you know we talk about relegation and we talked about top four 
you know, we're leaving out those very mediocre middle teams right. that people forget about. Yeah, no, I yeah. get that. I get that. You hated it. You hated the idea. I yeah, Say no, it. on a whim, I Say I didn't like it. it. I hated okay, it on you. a whim. But you know what I do love, Jake? Whiskey. Whiskey. Beer. Giggles. Giggles. <laughs> Pajamas. Pajamas. You. Me. <gasps> okay, that's juice. all we have tonight. <laughs> I added a lot of tension for the rest of the season. Jake is a married man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Brent, looking forward to the next episode. We'll, we'll do a, an in-depth recap of our FPL draft. <laughs> and it'll be a dating show to see how we worked out. Yeah. Sorry to my wife in advance. <laughs> or not. It's looking pretty good or here. Or not. Stay tuned. <laughs> It's, it's a moment in my career where I have to kind of reflect and, and see where I'm at and, and ha have a good honest conversation with the chairman and I hope we can have that conversation and yeah I'm sure he will want to kind of set out the, the plan of where he sees it but ultimately it's going to be down to me and how I feel and, and what's going to be the best for me in, in, in my career at this moment in time.